Good morning, Quad Cities. Hey, I have an exciting show today. I am very, very excited about it. Uh, we're going to be talking about a new supplement that has been on the horizon for quite a few years, but it's really coming into its own, and it is so important to all of us. And I'm going to tell a story about how it was discovered, how it was generated, and then I'm going to go into the details. But first of all, I want to talk about a few announcements. We, of course, have our incredible weight loss seminar on Tuesday evenings at 6.30 at the Welcome to Health Center. Now, the Welcome to Health Center is very easy to find. If you know where Kmart is on 23rd Avenue or the Avenue of the Cities in Moline, you already know where the Welcome to Health Center is because if you go right across the, the 53rd Street from the Kmart parking lot and look for the sign that says, Welcome to Health, you're there already. So, uh, you know, stop by 6.30 on Tuesday evening and uh, I get to meet you and I get to tell you a little bit about how the body works in terms of how it is possible to actually put your body in a state where you make your fat stores your primary fuel. And when you can do that, I mean, <clears throat> all of us burn through a lot of calories every day. Uh, usually we're you know, right up there around 2,000 kilocalories per day. And um, when you put yourself into ketosis, namely when you make fat, your fat stores your primary fuel, you burn through that as fat rather than just as sugar. Because right now what's happening to you is just not very cool. What you're doing in most cases in the United States is overloading yourself with sugar. And most of that sugar is not being used as energy at all. Most of it is actually being changed into triglycerides and then it goes straight to the fat stores. So the more sugar you eat, the more fat you're actually storing. Now, if you just are eating fat, that's not quite as bad because you don't store the fat efficiently unless you're also eating sugar with it. Well, of course, you know, when it comes right down to it, what's the most tasty and, well, maybe not satisfying in any long-term sense, but delicious foods, it's fat that is infused with sugar, right? And that's what my favorite is, ice cream. So... Um, but, you know, if, you, if you're concerned more about your health, your well-being, your productivity in life, and the meaning of li in life that you produce in your life, and more involved in that than you are in being kind of, um, what would you say, anesthetized and, and diverted into the ecstasies of gustatory delight, that, you know, that can be produced by candies and sugars and all this. If you're more concerned about creating a meaningful life and a healthy life, then probably you're going to want to start avoiding sugar-infused fats. But we can tell you how to turn that fat back into energy. And by the way, one of the wonderful things about the protein or the ideal protein program that we feature at the clinic, one of the most gorgeous things about it is that there are lots of sweet things that taste just like the junk you're eating now that has been formulated in such a way that it becomes easy to let go of the junk and start eating things that will enable you to burn the fat. And that's one of the nicest things. I mean, it's the perfect transition, the perfect transition from the standard American diet, that's S-A-D, which also spells SAD, the standard American diet, and good nutritious eating. And I could almost promise you, by the end of the diet, when you've lost all the, the fat weight, you're down to your goal weight, you're going to find that your tastes have been changed radically to the point where you're going to find it much easier to eat the foods 
that are nutritious, the foods that you always should be eating. And I say should be eating advisedly because I don't like people to should all over me also. But the in the nice thing is if you have the right transition, you find those foods actually rather compelling. You find those good foods, something that you will eat with equal delight. So make the transition. Come to the Welcome to Health Center on Tuesday evening, 6.30, free seminar. Find out what you can do to turn your body into a fat-burning machine. And we'll hope to see you there Tuesday evening. Okay, we're back. And our topic today is vitamin K2, and more specifically, vitamin K2-7. Okay, now I want to tell you a little story because this is kind of fascinating the way they discovered how important this particular vitamin is. It's something that's been in the news lately. It's something that has been in the minds of a lot of nutritionists for years. First time I heard about it was probably almost 20 years ago, but it hadn't really been isolated and there wasn't a great deal of science behind it. At this point, there is so much science behind it. It's absolutely mind-boggling. But This is what happened. This is the way it came about. Japan, in past centuries, there was a kind of a phenomenon that was not understood. The people in eastern Japan seemed to live about seven years longer than the people in western Japan. And this is something that, by the way, was was kind of confusing to some extent because they didn't know why, because Japanese people have very similar genetics. I mean, it's not as though an island nation that has been isolated for thousands of years is going to have the genetic diversity of, say, you know, a continental island or all kinds of different places, access from the flow of immigration, you know, from all over. No, they were kind of isolated from all that. And so their genetics are fairly similar. But still, eastern Japan had seven extra years of life. And by the way, during those years of life, they were healthier than the other people, even at equivalent ages. So what was going on was the question. We got to find out what is going on. Well, it turned out that when they parsed everything out and compared the two uh, peoples, they found out that there was a difference in diet. And the difference in diet was kind of interesting because it turned out that During a war way back in the centuries, there was a bunch of soy beans that were left and they kind of like fermented and they became really nasty. But because of the war, everybody was so hungry that they started eating these fermented soybeans as in the the, the eastern part of the country, the the healthy part. They started eating these fermented soybeans and they kind of got used to it. And, you know, like a lot of flavors. Uh, Once you get used to them, they kind of become your favorite flavor, even though at first they were absolutely noxious. Well, that kind of happened in this instance. And the people in eastern Japan started experiencing these health benefits from this fermented soybean product called natto. And as a result, they started experiencing more longevity. They experienced less heart disease. Their diabetes rates were way down. They didn't have, you know, later when we could actually find these things out, we found out that they had less calcification in their heart arteries. In fact, less calcification, less hardening of the arteries all the way through their body. They had um, all kinds of different things. Diabetic neuropathy, for example, was much less. There was just so much going on that we couldn't just say, you know, 
we know just like that what it is until we parsed it all out and looked to see what the differences between the population in eastern Japan was with the population in western Japan. Well, it turned out this one thing. By the way, you can even go online and, and uh, Google first experience of NATO. And what they do is they, they film these people who have never tasted it before and they taste some natto, this fermented soybean, and you look at their face, and their face is just absolutely incredible. I mean, it's like, oh, my God, did they just suck on a lemon or something? You know, it's just, oh, ooh. You know, and, and it's, it, it even has kind of an aftertaste, and they go, oh, Jesus. You can just see them, you know, a couple of them actually start retching and stuff because it just tastes so nasty. But, I mean, seven extra years of life, whether you're a man or a female, males still die sooner, but... Seven years is a almost an extra decade of life. I mean, it's magnificent. So what was it then was in that natto? Well, they parsed everything out again and tried to find out what it was, what the active ingredient in the natto was, and they came up with vitamin K. And this was kind of interesting because we've known about vitamin K per se in the West for, I mean, a long, long time, probably, you know, decades at least, maybe even a century because back in Germany, it was the uh, coagulation vitamin. And in German, coagulation is spelled with a K. So vitamin K is something we value. I mean, you get cut, you want the blood to coagulate, to seal off the cut so you don't bleed to death. So it's always played an important role in nutrition. It's something that goes to the liver. It's activated by the liver, and then it helps us clot blood. But there was another vitamin K that we weren't aware of, and that was vitamin K2. And that's something that was isolated from natto, and it has an entirely different set of functions. As far as we know, it's not involved in coagulation at all. But it is involved in bone health, in arterial health, in diabetic health, in the health of the very most fundamental energy production in the mitochondria. It is involved with all of these different things, and it is that because it has a very fundamental function. It is a carboxylator of different molecules. And that means nothing to you, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, it's kind of my geek coming out. I'll try to de-geek myself as much as possible in this little talk. But um, it, is, it is a powerful function because what it does is it makes things sticky. Now, you can imagine that if you want things to work properly. For example, if you want to lay calcium into bone matrix, you know, you've got this protein matrix that has this struct the structural elements of the bones, and you want it to become really strong, and so you want calcium, a rock, you know, rocks to be put in there and loaded in there and glued in there in order to make your bones strong. You don't want osteoporosis. You don't want it to be porous and have holes in the bones. You want it to be solid bones. So you want those rocks to be laid into those bones. And what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? Well, we want something sticky, right? And that's the way we do it. Vitamin K makes things sticky so you can put calcium, these rocks, and load them into the bone and make your bone rock-like. Also happens in your teeth, by the way. If you want your teeth and your jaw bones to be, have integrity and to have strength, you want to lay that vitamin K in there. You want it to become sticky so the calcium can stick and make healthy enamel so it can make healthy 
jaw bones so you can hold your teeth in in a solid way so bacteria doesn't get under there. So you want vitamin K to make sure that happens. And by the way, as a matter of fact, in eastern Japan, which is where they eat the natto and they have a high vitamin K2 profile, um, they have, what was, what, was the, what was the amount? I think it was like seven times the seven times reduction of hip fractures in eastern Japan. In other words, they have 700% fewer hip fractions in eastern Japan where they eat high vitamin K diet, the natto, the fermented soybeans, than they do in western Japan where they find eating fermented soybeans as noxious as we do in the west. <laughs> they don't eat them there. But, of course, they said they 700% increase in hip fractures. Now, that is a major thing, a major um, percentage difference. I mean, my gosh. And just a few noxious soybeans can make that much of a difference? Well, apparently they can. So let's look at that because what, where is it getting this? I mean, well, let, let's just kind of uh, say the way this happens physiologically. If something's really important in the body, the body makes takes special care to make sure that it comes from your food and goes through into the stomach, through the stomach, into the intestines, and is immediately absorbed through the intestinal wall into the bloodstream and taken where it needs to go. When something is that important, the body takes special care to make it happen. We're talking about vitamin K2 and all of the various functions that it plays in the body. And we're, we were just emphasizing before we took the break that vitamin K, both forms of vitamin K are so important. Vitamin K1 or vitamin K2 are so important that the body actually expresses a unique carrier molecule to make sure that it gets from your gut where you've digested your food through the walls of the gut into the bloodstream so it can be taken to the liver for processing. But what's this carrier molecule? Well, it, again, is so important, vitamin K is so important, it globs onto that and it ushers it into the bloodstream. Once it gets to the liver, then the liver uses all it needs. It uses the K1 and turns and transforms that into the clotting factor that goes out through the body and makes sure you don't bleed to death. But K2 is used for lots of different functions in the liver. And if it is used up in the liver, then it has nothing, there's nothing left for any of the other functions. And by the way, if you are a junk food person, if you primarily eat processed foods, you get so little K2 that the liver uses it all up. It, there's not enough left to go out and build bone, to clean arteries, to make sure that the, the diabetes is taken care of, lowering the risk of type 2 diabetes, and, increase, and decreasing the effects of type 2 diabetes. There's nothing left for that. And if you're just on junk food, processed food, easy in the microwave cooking, et cetera, you know, if you're doing that, then you are actually so deficient in vitamin K2 that you are becoming osteoporotic. You are at a high risk for type 2 diabetes. Your arteries will be clogging up with calcific placking, et cetera, and heart disease, will be progressing. All of these things are true. If you're eating a really good, healthy diet, 
your chances are better. If you're eating natto or fermented soybeans, your chances are very good. If you're taking vitamin K supplementation, vitamin K2 supplementation, your chances of success are even better, okay? So that's what we're talking about today. And we, by the way, at the Welcome to Health Center, we have a new calcium K2 supplement, not calcium, vitamin K2 supplement that is of optimal dosage. And there's a dose-dependent relationship on all of these different factors. And it's kind of, you can kind of tell that, right? The liver uses it first. Then if there's any left over, the bone starts to use it. If there's any left over, then the arteries start clearing themselves of plaque. If there's any left over, then you've got the effect on the pancreas and the, and the uh, diabetes, et cetera, et cetera. So as long as you have optimal vitamin K2 stores and vitamin K2 uh, in your diet, then all of these various functions can be taken care of. But if you're deficient, the first and most vital functions will come first, and the other ones will be systematically shorted of what they need to carry out their function. Okay, so let's get back. We talked about how in Japan, the eastern Japan eats a high vitamin K2 diet. In western Japan, they don't. In eastern Japan, they live seven years longer. All-cause mortality is that much lower. And in western Japan, where they're not getting the K2, they have seven less years to thrive and seven less years of health. So what is it then? The vitamin K2 is ushered through the intestinal wall. It goes to the liver for activation. And the vitamin K1 goes for clotting factor. The vitamin K2 goes to the bones. And what does it do? Well, the bone matrix is there. The structure of the bone is there, the proton stru- the protein structure. And then the vitamin K2 activates a chemical called osteocalcin that makes it the, the matrix very sticky, that protein structure, the, you know, the arches and, and bridges in the bone, very sticky. And now you're going to lay in rocks. Namely, you're going to lay in calcium and make those bones hard. Okay. Now, when you do that, you're also doing something else. You're, you're actually promoting the structure of the bone. You're making it so that you're going to have fewer hip fractures, et cetera. But also, we're just going to foreshadow something we're going to be doing in future shows. Because at the same time, you are using the calcium. You're taking the calcium that is going to be stored in arteries without K2. You're going to be you're taking the calcium that might accidentally be put into your heart vessels, your heart blood vessels, and you're taking that and you're putting it into bone. So you're actually, you're using the calcium in the proper way rather than misusing the calcium. You're using it. You're taking it and putting it in the right place. By the way, one of the things that happens, and we'll be, this is a foreshadowing of a future program, you're actually also dissolving the calcium with the K2 out of the arteries that actually already have calcific placking, and you're taking that calcium and you're putting it into the bones. Now, you're starting to get the picture, I think, and we're going to go through in future programs the other uses, and we're going to, fo- we're going to actually focus on the arterial calcium cleaning that K2 does in a future program. But already you're starting to get the idea that this K2 vitamin 
is actually something that has many different functions and they're interrelated function. One of the primary functions is you're taking, you're eating calcium in your food. You're of course taking vitamin D also to improve the absorption of that calcium. And then you're putting that calcium into the bones where it belongs. That is so vital in terms of overall health. But also you're taking it out of the arteries, which of course makes it so that you have a lower risk for the number one killer in the United States, which of course is heart disease and vascular disease. This has been a great show. We'll talk to you next week. I'm going to talk more about vitamin K2. Stop by the Welcome to Health Center. We have that available there in the right dosage. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Health with Dr. Kurt Rexroth, part of Saturday Mornings at Your Service, sponsored by the Welcome to Health Center and Greatest Grains. Dr. Rexroth will be back next week at the same time. If you have a question before then, give the good doctor a call at 309-764-2115 or find him online at welcometohealth.com where you can download podcasts of this program, ask questions on the blog, find out about special events, and request an appointment with Dr. Rexroth. And remember, Dr. Rexroth donates his services as a guest speaker to Quad Cities clubs, church groups, and business organizations.